the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. I mean, Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. We ask you, O oh God, the Holy Spirit, to guide us to open our hearts and our minds to receive a personal message for each one of us. We praise through the intercessions and prayers of Virgin Mary and Saint Mark and Saint Nofer, the patron saint of his blessed day, and hear us when you pray to thankfully our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. <coughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. I mean, good morning, everybody, and uh, happy Thanksgiving, and happy Feast of St. Mina. And I pray that every one of us is going to enjoy a great Nativity Fast start, starting from tomorrow. So, I'm not telling you something new today, but I'm asking you a very common question. Are you bored in the church? Do you see that the liturgy is a boring surface because it's too long. Sometimes I feel I know it by heart. Some other times I feel that the tunes are not good enough to my ears. We heard it many times. I don't attend the Bible study because it's boring. I don't like the worship because it's boring. I don't like whatever I have as an activity in the church because it's boring. One Anglican minister wrote in his diary one day, I went to church today and for my surprise, I was not bored. I hope it's one of our aims and targets to understand why we used to say this word, why we allow our kids to say it, and we enrich this feeling, me too. And we need to understand what does it mean to be bored in the church, whether it's a liturgy, or a Bible study, or a meeting, or whatever it is. And is it God's design that when we come in his presence, we are bored? and we feel that we are in the wrong place, doing the wrong things, wasting our time. So I pray that in the end of our discussion today, we'll, we will know why we have this feeling, and how we can get rid of this feeling, and how we enjoy every single moment we spend in the church. So here is a very simple uh, research outcome. According to Barna Research Group in 1990s, 30% of the Americans' population never or almost never went to church. This number increased in 2015 to be 43%. And here are some of their arguments why we don't go to church. Another research in 2013, 39% said they could find God elsewhere. Do you imagine that we can find God elsewhere than his own home? his own place where he used to be uh, glorified. 
35% that the church was not relevant to them. If you are coming this morning with this mind that the church is not relevant anymore. At least for my kids. I am used to it, but my kids are not used to it. 31% that simply said the church was boring, which is our main topic today. 20% said that it, is, it feels like God is missing from the church. You imagine in the book of Ruth, at the very beginning of the story, it says there was a famine, so Elimelech and his wife and his two kids, they decided to go to find bread somewhere else. Verse 6 says, And when they heard that the Lord has visited his people, and there is bread in Bethlehem. Just remember, Bethlehem means the house of bread. So Elimelech discovered that there is no bread in the house of bread. He went outside. He missed his life. He missed his kids. And Naomi came by her own in the end with Ruth. Why? Because she heard that the Lord has visited his people. And now the house of bread, Bethlehem, has bread. If you are in this position this morning, coming, feeling there is no bread in the house of bread, there is no God. God is not there in his house. The word of God is encouraging us to say, here is Bethlehem. Here is the bread of life, he himself. So let me share this verse first. Why? Because somebody can say, I go to a mega church, or I go to hear another preacher who is not boring. Would like to know what does it mean boring and what does it mean entertaining preacher. Why? At the very beginning of the liturgy, the priest is saying glory and honor, honor and glory to whom? To the Holy Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When you come to church, you are coming to glorify the awesome God, the Holy Trinity. He will never say, now we are going to start the show to entertain you, to make, to make everyone feel happy and joyful. The joy comes from where you stand, before whom you are standing. But here what St. Paul was warning us that in the last days and in his days as well, these things will happen. Beware let anyone cheat you through philosophy. Sometimes we need to hear philosophical points and how to get out of it. And empty deceit. Why? I have a message for myself. I need to get, gain something for myself. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, this was preached in the church at the time of St. Paul, and not according to Christ. So I am coming to tell him, I am here to listen to all teaching according to Christ, nothing else. So according to Oxford Dictionary, here is the definition of being bored. Feeling weary and impatient because one is unoccupied, or lacks interest in one's current activity. Let us focus on this definition on the liturgy, and then we'll take it further. Impatient because one is unoccupied. At the very beginning of the liturgy, we are saying we are in the presence of the awesome God, of the Holy Trinity, but I am not here. My mind is wandering somewhere else in my problems, in my work, in my studies, whatever they are. So my mind is unoccupied with the divine scenery in the church. I'm in a Bible study or a Christian gathering in, for, under any name, call it a meeting, Bible study, uh, worship time, but my mind is not, I'm not occupied 
with what you are doing here. Or lack of interest in one's current activity. I am not the guy who is used to, to sing to the Lord or to attend the liturgy from the beginning. That's why I'm coming at the very end. Why? I need the communion. Why again? Someone told me it's very essential. So I'm doing it to, to please myself or to feel good in the end. So again, it's a feeling not about what is going on in liturgy or Bible study. It's a feeling in you. You are unoccupied and you lack the interest in the current activity. Bored, that's why, is a personal emotion. It has nothing to do with the preacher, with the liturgy, how long it was, how short it was, how joyful the tunes was, or how the singer or the deacons or the priest, his voice was good or not. It's a personal emotion. So when we come to church with our own emotions today, I'm going to listen to two hours boring liturgy or one hour boring talk. It's your own emotion. It has nothing to do at all with what is going on. One more thing is, it is not a characteristic of the thing that you are bored of. Again, as I said a few minutes ago, it's not about who is doing what. It's about me. I'm not engaged. I'm un my mind is unoccupied with what you are doing. I'm, I'm not interested in the activity you are doing. That's why you are trying to find a reason why and how I can pass this hard time. And be careful also. Sometimes the same thing that you feel it's boring and you call it it's boring, it was interesting very much for you at one point. And vice versa. In the past, you, you felt that this ministry or this preacher or this teaching is boring for you. It has no meaning. But now it is different. Why? Think of your own job or even your own studies. How many times we used to change careers in our current time? I remember I heard at the dean of one of the universities in the United Kingdom in 2005, he said, currently, this is 2005, everyone is going to change his career five times. Why? Because it's boring. While at one point you were dreaming to work in this company or in this career, but now it's boring. Again, it's your own emotions. It has nothing to do with the job. You were very interested in the job in the beginning. You were dreaming of such a job, but now it's boring. Again, it's your own personal perception. Is there, a way, is there a way out? And this is what our main discussion this morning. Yes, always there is a way out. But again, because it's my own personal emotions, I need to recover, restart, restore what I have missed out in my whole life about church, activities, liturgies, Bible studies, and whatever it is. There are very famous words in the Greek tradition, which means watchful or watchfulness. Where do you put your mind? So you are now attending a church, attending a Bible study or a meeting or a liturgy, but you are here for another purpose. I'm here to meet someone in the end. I'm here to go out with someone in the end. Yes, it's a good purpose, maybe, but that's why the two hours or one hour or even few minutes, it's boring. The term comes from the New Testament, first epistle, St. Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of super mind. Your enemy, the devil, brawls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
the nepsis appears in the verb form in the imperative mode and it's a command be super have a super of mind be alert be watchful why because you need to know where you are where you're heading to what are you doing here so the first thing to find a way out we need to understand that worship or Bible study, anything in the church, it's not about you. So the preacher or the liturgy or any service you attend, the preacher has no intention to entertain you. Sometimes he is, but it's about him. It's not about you. So that's why every single moment, especially in our tradition, the preacher or the leader of the prayer is not facing us. All of us facing the one true God. We are not here to be embraced with a preacher or to be embraced with a man who is praying. We are all praying to the same one God, the Holy Trinity. So if you are coming to any ministry in the church, any service in the church, finding an entertainment, there is something wrong. It's not about you. Again, the first uh, sentence, as we said, in the liturgy, it is glory and honor, honor and glory. To the all Holy Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are coming to glorify the one true God. The very last sentence, Abuna, before giving communion to every one of us, is saying nearly the same words. Glory and honor to the Holy Trinity, the Father. We completed the honor of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. How? Because now the mystery of our salvation has been consummated, completed. So I'm coming to glorify him because he saved me. It's a tritinial act. So if you are coming to any ministry in the church or any service in the church, looking for a personal entertainment, you are in the wrong place. And you are not going to be anything rather than bored. I am here. It's about him, not about me. Why again? In Isaiah chapter 6, we know the vision of Isaiah. But here he is telling us, it's exactly what you have and more. And I will tell you why in a minute. And one cried to another, Isaiah saw the mighty God. One cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. Now out of his goodness, out of his mercy, we don't see such things. But it's more awesome. Why? Because just he saw the scenery. He saw a vision. Now we are not seeing a vision. You are in actual fact in the presence of the real body and the real blood of Christ. That's why it's more awesome than that. And he's saying you, you are not here to see something to entertain you. You are in this awesome presence, enjoying the fullness of the Trinitarian act. Now you are going to receive, giving for us for salvation, and eternal life, forgiveness of sins. All these things is happening right now. Are you bored? Yes, because you are not entertained. But you are now manifesting. Everything is manifested before you. It's the eternity of God. The eternal God is coming down to you personally. The Holy Spirit came upon you to convert you from a believer into a holy one, into a saint. And then the bread and wine into the holies. In the end, the holies are for the holy. It's, it doesn't mean it's about you. It's about him coming down to pick you up and to live. 
lift you up into the heavenly places once more. That's why we say, where are your hearts? Or lift up your hearts. We say, where you are with the Lord where? The ascended, risen Lord. It's in heaven. We are not here on earth. But if you are concerned about your problems, your duties, your work tomorrow, and your mind is unoccupied with the, this, this awesome presence, you are too far from the whole message. And you are bored. Second scenery in Exodus chapter 20. Yes, you read the Bible at home. We read the Bible in the liturgy. We read the Bible in each and every service in the church. But why? It's the same awesome presence. In Exodus chapter 20, Moses went up to the mountain to receive the commandments. And hear what happened. And now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us. You speak with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. It's the same awesome God. When you open your Bible at home, when you hear it in the church, the same awesomeness. If your mind is totally far from the message, you, you never concentrate in a single reading in the church, and you feel it's, we are passing time. You know, when we were all young, we were pushing our parents how far we are from the communion. How many minutes are still to go to have communion? We are nearly the same while we are adults. He's telling us they trembled and stood afar off. But now I am enjoying the fullness of his message. The Holy Spirit who wrote the words in the past is willing to rewrite them in your mind, in your heart once more. So if it's not about you, it's about his presence, and you enjoying his presence, and it's an awesome presence. It's not a normal presence. You'll find the church is not boring at all. If your mind is fully occupied with what is going on, if your mind said, now I'm in this awesome presence, the heaven and earth are full of his glory. Second thing is, you're out of place, but in the right place. What does it mean? Sometimes we feel that I am in the church, but now it's too long. I spent two hours in the liturgy, and then I have half an hour for a coffee, and then now I'm another 40 minutes or 45 minutes for a meeting. Yes, you are in the right place while you are out of place. Here are two verses to see if you are bored or not. It's checking on me and you, and at the same time encouraging me to be in the right place, out of place. In Acts chapter 7, St. Stephen was telling us what happened in the wilderness. The people were grumbling many times against God. He's saying, whom our father would not obey, Moses, but rejected, and in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. Physically, they were out of land of slavery. Uh, but spiritually, their hearts went back into the land of slavery once more. So he's asking, if you are in the out of place, in the wrong place, you are in the wilderness. If you are out of place, in the wrong place, your heart still enslaved in Egypt. But if you are in the right place, out of place, in the right place, your, your heart is in the land of promise, like Joshua and Caleb. And the next verse, Ezekiel 8, is telling us when we are in the church, 
when you are attending any service, especially the liturgy, but also every single service in the church. He said to us in Ezekiel 8.3, And the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the north gate of the inner court. What does it mean again? If we believe that we are doing here is not an act. It's the reality. You can St. Paul in uh, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 21 to 23. What we are doing here is the manifestation of the divine altar. What is there in the heavenly altar? The Son is gathering all of us, presenting us before the Father. So what is going on here? The Son is collecting us all in one body to lift up us into the bosom of the Father. So Ezekiel was telling us, you are not in the place while you are in the right place. We are out of the place while we are in the right place. If our mindset will be in this, that we are always not in a vision, but we are in the fullness of the act of God. The sun came down and he remained eternally. Every liturgy, every Bible study, he said, if any two or three are gathered, I am here. I'm not too far from you. But again, if you are, your mind is unoccupied with what you are doing, if you lack the interest of the activity, you are not here. You are bored. But again, you are always out of place and in the same time in the right place. Don't see that you are in a crowded place. Sometimes people are saying the second liturgy is very busy and very noisy. Yes. But are you concerned more about people around you or you are out of place in the right place? When you say, lift up your hearts, yes, my heart is not here anymore. It is lifted with the risen, ascended Lord. So first of all, it's not about you. Secondly, you are out of place and in the right place in the same time. Third thing is, you are out of time, but in time. Let me read with you a few verses from Revelation chapter 1. And again, I'm not telling you something nice. It's the reality. If you accept it, you are not bored anymore. If you keep it as something too far, I am not so spiritual, it's up to you. You will remain bored as you are. St. John tells us in Revelation chapter 1, I will read verse 10, 11, and 19. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So there is a certain day. On the Lord's day, St. John was in the Spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will come place after this. So I am in a certain day. I am today in the 25th of November. But I am not here alone. I am out of time in time. My reality, I am in the 25th of November. But my actual reality, I am seeing things, writing things, I am talking about St. John, that is to come. Let us go again to the liturgy and let us go to every single time you open your Bible. We commemorate his the uh, birth. We commemorate his this. We commemorate his resurrection and also commemorate his 
second coming. What does it mean? Yes, I am in the church on a certain day, but my mind set up or reset up became eternal, given for us for eternal life. So if I am coming just concerned with time, my problem is too big outside. I have a problem at home, I have another problem at work, maybe I have a problem with someone in the service I am serving in the church, he's telling you, you are concerned very much with the time. And the devil is going to magnify it very much. This is occupying my mind. I cannot be here. Again, one small thing. If you believe that you could be out of time and in time, if you believe that the two hours of the liturgy you are out of time enjoying our eternity, you will be able to resize your problem. My problem is too big because my whole mind is fully occupied with tomorrow's work. How am I going to meet tomorrow with my boss at work? How am I going to sort out my problem at home when I go home today with my wife, with my kids, with whoever they are? He's telling us, you are out of time, but you are in time. Enjoy both of them. Yes, you know that you are temporary here and eternally there. Enjoy this reality in each service in the church. When you come to church to attend the Bible study, it's not about you again. It's about being the manifestation of eternity in time, as one of the theologians say. Again, you are the manifestation of eternity in time. So every service, every ministry in the church, it tells you you are an eternal person. You are an eternal son and daughter of God. Show this at work. Show this everywhere. But remember, you are still in time. But when they see you, they will see the eternity that they are rejoicing in it, day and night. The liturgy, any ministry in the church, it shows that we know that we are here temporary. That's why we don't have such big troubles with each other. I know it's temporary. Why I'm fighting with my brother or sister or wife or husband for something I know it will last for very, very, very limited time. The encouragement is here. You are out of time, but you are in time, but in time eternal. The fourth thing is, it is about being and becoming, not about activity. Why? I was searching a few websites this, uh, yesterday, so some of them were putting big labels. From now on, our kids are not going to be bored in the Sunday school. Send your kids to us, and we will never say that you are bored in Sunday school. Why? We have good activities. Does the church against activities? Definitely not. But there's a big difference between activities and being and becoming. Every single activity in the church, every single ministry in the church, if it's not leading me to become a new being, a new becoming, it's just an activity. And once I will finish the activity, I am bored. Once I get used to activity every week, I am bored again. Why? Because there is no change in my life. There is no new be be becoming a new being every time. Let me share with you these words from the liturgy of baptism. From day one, the church is telling, uh, not telling us, from now on, you are going to enjoy the full activity of the church. You can come to Sunday school, you can come to the uh, club or the Sunday, uh, Friday activity. No. Graciously grant them to grow in, in the faith and forgiveness of sins, the rebelling them to be temple of your Holy Spirit, through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is from the beginning. 
become a new being, become a new becoming every time you come before the Lord. Because in the liturgy we say the same thing. If you imagine that it's pouring, okay, do you know what are you going to receive and how are you going home today? Hear what we pray in the liturgy of St. Cyril. Cleanse our inner person as the purity of your only begotten Son. Do you imagine? Are you going to be bored when you know that after repenting and confessing your sins, you are attending the liturgy, having receiving, received all, uh, the Holy Communion, you are called and you are praying with the priest, cleanse our inner person as the purity of your only begotten Son, he who we wish to partake of. Is it boring to go home with the purity of his Son, Jesus Christ? If you put it in your mind, I'm coming this liturgy to pray for a conversion. My heart is full of deceit. It's full of lust. It's full of unforgiveness. But I'm not going home with it anymore. I'm going home with the purity of your son, Jesus Christ. It's a reality. But it's, again, it's up to you. Either you dwell in the reality of the church or you remain on your unoccupied mind, occupied with something else, with the lack of interest of what is offered in the church. So first of all, it's not about you. It's about him to glorify him. Secondly, it is, you are in the place, but out of the place. You are in time, but out of time. And fourthly, it's about becoming and being. It's not about activity anymore. One last thing. It's about the author of life, not life coaching. Sometimes we are interested to hear about life coaching and different nice titles offered by the world. Most of them, unfortunately, it's based on New Age movement. Most of them, unfortunately, preached in churches under nice titles, but Christ is not there. It's not about becoming and being anymore. I am going to change you because I am a life coach. But the Bible is telling us it's about the author of life. St. Paul says in Hebrews chapter 12, gazing our eyes, fixing our eyes, to whom? The author of life. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, St. Paul tells us, For while bodily training is of a same value, some value, godliness is of value in every way. Unfortunately, sometimes what aside, godliness, which is a value of every way, and we'll focus more on bodily training, life coaching, all this nice new terminology. Do you imagine the church was able to live and survive in a holy way without life coaching for nearly 20 centuries? And now the invention. I'm not saying it's bad, but it will never be a replacement to the fullness of the message of Christ. It will never be a replacement to unite yourself with the life of Christ will never be an addition. Because what Christ offered, what the church offered from day one, is the fullness of message. We are not here to add on what he has done. We are not here to omit anything of what he has done in our life. Let me see how we can apply this. Yes, today is the beginning of the Nativity Fast. Are we willing to see that our fasting is not a repetition of changing kinds of food? Fasting is about him and here to deepen my relationship with him. 
about what he has done for me, I'm here to claim it. We spoke about it last year twice, nearly in the same time of the year. How in fasting we enjoy the full power of the fasted Christ who was able in the end of his fasting to conquer the enemy. And this is my need. That's why some people were coming today during the communion saying, Abuna, I'm going to start from tomorrow. Why? And some other people say, I will start after a week or as the very last two weeks. Do you feel that you are in need of this power of his victory? If yes, then it's about him, about him working and doing something for me, and I'm now claiming what I have. The fasting is not boring anymore. How are you going to attend the liturgy? With the same mind, I am not used to attend the liturgy from the beginning because I feel half an hour is enough for me. It's okay to attend the liturgy and from the readings because some priests said you have to attend the readings. It's not about who said what. It's about we are here to glorify the Holy Trinity. We have to start from the very beginning. The king is coming and is calling everyone. Remember in John chapter 11, verse 28, Martha went to meet the Lord, and she was in tears because he was not there four days ago, and her, her brother died. Then she went to home, and she told Mary, the teacher has come, and he is inviting you. If you believe that every single liturgy, the teacher, the king, the savior has come as he is inviting you in person. You will come with a different mindset. I'm coming to be out of time in time. I'm coming to be out of place and in the right place, in the presence of the awesome God Almighty. Will reciting a psalm be a vain repetition? Many of us coming in the, in the confession said, I am bored with Agbeya, so what are you going to do? It's the same son reciting them every day. Again, there's a newness of the word of God every time. Even if you are reciting it, the Lord's Prayer, we are saying it hundreds of times during the week, and now it has no meaning. It's not a repetition. Why? Because if you imagine, at the beginning, we say, Our Father, at the very end, we say, Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the sum up of the whole prayer. We are able to call him our father based on through Jesus Christ who united us with him and now because he is calling him father um, I have the right to call him father as well. Will you be seeing, reading the word of God as a routine, boring work? Every week I read the same thing or every year. I used to read the Bible every year. Yes. What is the message you get every time? What is the personal conversion that the word has done in your life last week, last year, and the year before? It's not a repetition anymore. It's not boring. It is, he sent his word for us. Sent, sent King David, you'll get in Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and he healed them and saved them from their destructions. He's telling us it's time to see yourself saved from your destructions based on what he has done, the word which was sent to you. Will you see your prostrations as just an activity? Or I believe, and I'm not bored of it because it's dying with Christ, rising with Christ once more. And burying my own thoughts, my own weaknesses, and rising up with the mind of Christ and the power of Christ. 
what kind of sermons are you looking for? Are you looking for an entertainment preacher to tell you you are good, do nothing? Are you looking for a life coach to tell you I will fix everything in your life? Or you are looking for the true king who came to change our lives. Not in theory, not only in words, but by uniting us with him, giving his own life. As St. Paul says, that the life of Christ may be manifested in your own mortal bodies. This is the reality of what we have. The church is not boring. The liturgy is not boring. Every preacher who is preaching the full message is not boring. But remember, it's not about you. It's about him. We are refined in the church. We are refined in your life. You are always in the right place if you are in the church while you are out of place. You are in the right time and while you are out of time. And main and above all, remember, you are here to be a new becoming, a new being. You are not here to share in an activity, to attend the meeting. We are not counting numbers. The Lord is counting the conversions, counting his power working in each and every one of us. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen. So don't